Welcome, one and all, to another episode of Anime Was Not a Mistake. I'm Jonathan Kwiatkowski, and the power of anime's taking me higher and higher! <laughs> Joined, as always, by my inevitable co-host... Uh, Dan Ryan, uh, I paid five dollars to write this year's Oscars ceremony, so I think for the cost, I did it pretty well. Mm, you know. Well, so. <laughs> I mean, as I was telling Dan off-air, every time I slapped him just got overshadowed, so yeah. I better keep on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um... Uh, for again, for context, yeah. uh, we record. We, In case we are, you didn't hear anything that anyone's been talking about, we are yeah. two weeks behind or a week behind. Yeah, so we're yeah. we're broadcasting from the future, um, uh, you know, because last week we recorded the uh, the the Demon Slayer episode mm-hmm. uh, that that would have gone up today. today. Yes, and uh, then we went home. We went our separate ways, and uh, mm-hmm. and I told Dan I'm going to try to tune into the Oscars tonight. I had a feeling it was the five year anniversary of La La Land. <laughs> no, no, Moonlight. Yes, so I yeah. felt something was brewing. Um, and it it uh, you know, uh, but I think before we get into that, because there's yes. a lot to unpack, yes, why yes. don't we do the positive things? Well, or positive news from the past week, and I'm... then we get into the big... Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, there's tons of positive news from the last week, Dan. Where do yeah. I begin? Um, uh, well, the Oscars inspired me to watch a few films. One mm-hmm. of them, I returned to my my previous love slash nemesis slash now love again and watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of Tammy Faye, as I told Dan, because I watched Drag Race, and I think RuPaul narrated the first documentary they did uh, did on her. Yeah, of the same name. Yes. It came out, yeah. like, 10 years ago. So there's but, always yeah. been that connection between Drag Race, which is my favorite reality competition that I watch religiously, and, you know, Jessica Chastain, she's a great actress. She just comes across... Her social media presence is, like, what I would do if I were as a star, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's like looking in a mirror, and I don't want to see that on my feed, but she did charm me over again with this film. I thought she played the role very well, very humanly. I, I just liked it. I liked the movie a lot. Yeah, yeah. it was... I. I like, cause I I watched it too on your recommendation, and you know, also be related to the big the big elephant in the room. Uh, apparently, Chastain was one of the cooler celebrities involved with the Oscars. Like she, okay. she uh, had uh, she showed up um, to support like her makeup crew. Yeah. at the Oscars that were pre-recorded and mm-hmm. then put alongside, which sounds uh, like a, a cool move from her. Yeah, yeah. So maybe um, it was all just a charade for you know that. That Instagram account. <laughs> yeah, the, the slow jazz yeah, readings yeah. of the, the little engine that could and, and everything. <laughs> yes. But the, uh, but yeah, no, it was very good. Apparently it hasn't been received, like her performance has obviously been well mm-hmm. received, but the movie has oh, been Oh, well, no, receiving... I don't, it's not that good of a movie, Dan. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just a, a fine role for her. Like if this was nominated for Best Picture, I don't see it winning anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because I, I think like her performance is kind of like the linchpin of yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. And because otherwise it doesn't really follow a narrative. It no. kind of, it kind of, um... It kind of just jumps from one interesting life event to another, and mm-hmm. it doesn't really mesh. Yeah. And I would imagine there's ways that you could make it mesh. There's, like, well, through it, lines. It didn't overstay. Could... It was already, like, two hours long-ish. Yeah. So I was like, let's let's cut it back a bit. But it, it felt fine. It was watchable. Yeah. Um, it's good afternoon viewing. Yeah. So I watched that. What did you see, if anything? Um... <laughs> Well, uh, I did watch, uh, because uh, Hulu uh, granted us a gift. Yes. Uh, we were granted a boon. I haven't seen it yet. Um, uh, I watched uh, Death on the Nile. Yikes. Um, which was the sequel uh, to uh, a, a personal uh, popcorn, personal yeah. favorite popcorn flick of mine, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Mm. Um, and uh, Death on the Nile was 
uh, uh, hysterical for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. It was not a good movie. Yeah. Um, I still love it because it had the same qualities of the first one, but worse. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's um, it's one of the most abundantly COVID movies I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Everything is a green screen, yeah. including the parts of Egypt that still exist are, mm. are uh, all green screen. Um, right. Which is confusing because Egypt, uh, <laughs> if you're not aware, is a real place. It is. It, it, it is. <laughs> um, it, it exists. You can you can go and take like establishing shots of Egypt, um, but. Everything's a green screen. Everyone is a green screen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of awkward shots. Um, I I messaged you in a in a fervor uh, because there's there's one part where uh, Gal Gadot's character I don't even remember any of their names. Um, she has married a new beau, and they are being stalked by a crazy ex lover of the of the husband. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have decided that they are going to uh, burn through the rest of their vacation time. Their, you know, their would-be honeymoon has been cut short by crazy stalker lady, and they are going to to book a, a, a trip on a steamboat for a brief tour, yeah. uh, like Gilligan's Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and the camera opens on that with Gal Gadot dressed as Cleopatra on top of a gigantic like cape thing. So the camera cuts, mm. and your your senses don't know what to think. Your senses are like, is Gal Gadot giant? <laughs> is she on the front of a boat? Is yeah. she on top of a boat? And I and I panic laughed. I'm like, I I, I, I don't chortled. know what's going on. Am I having a stroke again? Um, but it is. She's just standing on top of like a pedestal, mm-hmm. so that when her rich friends plus Hercule Poirot walk out. She She's can there. go. The queen has oh, given you a boat. Well, that's, see, that's and that's very Jonathan. So I exactly, mean. <laughs> it was. It was. It was the most like. It was. It was. Maybe it, I do have to see this. It had all been put together just for that moment, and then um, obviously they go on the Nile. A death occurs on the Nile, <gasps> and there are many twists and turns. Yeah. Um, and all things considered, it kept me invested because it's not. They do like a very poor job of telegraphing who it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But it ends up actually be- being fairly surprising. Would you say it's better than Murder on the Orient in ways, or no? I think Murder was a little bit better because Ooh. the the reveal at the <laughs> end of Murder has you know if you weren't okay. up to date with the Agatha okay. Christie novel or the originals that have been filmed, and I wasn't <laughs> because I don't I only eat I books. Don't I don't um yeah. the uh, this is all new to me. Um, but again, uh, as a baseline, these are not good movies, I'm just, they're ones that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Uh, the first one, the, you know, the revelation of the killer kind of has, like, this emotional build-up to it that actually works really well. This one also works, but it's not like, it's kind of just like, oh, like, okay, Mm -hmm. it's like a, it's like a, you know, like a Law & Order episode, how they figure it out. Um... And, uh, yeah, but, but again, it was an extremely COVID movie, uh, lots of green screens, lots of cuts between actors because they probably weren't Weren't in the the same same room. room. And I joked to you, uh, that, that you and I, with enough patience and green screens could do this because we would just change costumes, cut to one person speaking, Mm -hmm. body double from behind, and then just 
do every scene that yeah, way. Get a lamp with and my wig on it. <laughs> we could do a murder mystery on par with with this because it was mm-hmm. very, uh, you know. But but uh, I, I do recommend it. Yeah. You don't have to pay for it if you have one of those streaming services. So just mm-hmm. you know. Well, I only yeah. pay for one streaming service anyway, yeah. and then so, I steal the rest. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I, I recommend it. Apparently. I got my fingers crossed. They greenlit a third one. Well, I so, mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> Kenneth Braugh gets together all these cast members, yeah. so I don't see why not. The old folks got to see something until Downton Abbey comes out yeah. with a trequel. Of course. Um, in addition to that, also sweeping most of the awards I hadn't seen. This, I saw Coda last night. It was mm-hmm. cute. I don't think it would have been... I don't know how I feel about Best Picture. Like, it does like it does wonders for the deaf community, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the dude who won, I forget his name... Er, Kerf, it's like, oh, I'll look it up in the interim, but mm-hmm. uh, his speech was really good to be overshadowed by many a things to occur in that yes. night. Um, but it was cute. It was, I think this is a movie to watch with the family. It's the first time that Apple or a streaming service has won Best Picture, I think? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that was good. I didn't, I mean, to sway into the negatives now, I didn't like how Power of the Dog was overshadowed and japed at constantly. Because yeah. I actually really loved that, even though Jane Champion has been saying some things that are very, you know, she she needs to watch her tongue in public with some things that she says. Like, mm-hmm. fabulous director, but you know, the public eye and stuff. Yeah. She comes across the wrong way, you know, when the cameras are off. But mm, what can I say? I've never made a movie. The only thing yeah. I direct is this humble little podcast. And and Dune got recognition yes, for Dune technical swept, stuff. Which yeah. was great. I, I love that, too. So, I mean, it was an overall good Oscars. I think... La Slap, ABC's The Slap, has been talked about eight ways till Sunday. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to pick a side. It's just, you know, another moment that made the Oscars the Oscars. And it's funny that some people are going to want to take away Will Smith's award and yet Polanski and find fi- No, that, have that's everything. my same take. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, like, we, as a, yeah. you know, as a, as a baseline... I think everyone's tired of celebrity shit. I think yeah. everyone, like, this is a world that none of us interact with, but... If you're going to take away Smith's Oscar, then yeah, Pol- like that's what I say. Yeah. Is Pol- Polanski, Polanski's still out there, and you still have active members of this academy yeah. who gave him like a standing ovation when mm-hmm. that happened. Mm-hmm. So it was like, come on, yeah. folks, they're out of come touch on, again. Fo- it's, yeah, it's, and I forget uh, who said this, what celebrity, but it's like acts like this happen elsewhere constantly. It's just the first time that this has happened in like such a public eye, yeah, thing, and like you know. I don't want to take sides, as I said before. It's just, they got ratings, and there's a lot of he said, she said. I can imagine if Will Smith and Chris Rock host it next year in some form of Celebrity Smackdown rematch. They're they're going to. Someone on Twitter also pointed out that they'll probably either do that, or they'll appear in a Super Bowl ad where Mm -hmm. they give each other, like, a Pepsi or something, and then... let bygones be bygones. Yeah, yeah. it it'll, something something stupid, but but I my rant about the Oscars wasn't even that. What, what I I wasn't even. Yeah. Um, they uh, it 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 is just terrible. Yeah, like well, it it is. Um, that's the award show, Dan. It it is. Um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't think Amy Schumer was that bad, Dan. I think you were just hemming and hawing in the beginning. She was getting off a few. She was the only one that addressed what happened when she came back from one of the breaks. Well, I, I didn't, I, I, mm. I kept flipping between it and, uh, I don't think they were bad hosts fl- together, her, Wanda Sykes, and Regina Hall, not Regina King, or is it Regina Regina King? Hall. Yeah. Regina Hall. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, um, I always get them mixed up. But, 
that's not the whatever whatever any we're yeah. not going to go after okay. any personal attacks or right. it's just like you would think that like you're hired they come to me they come they say dan ryan well that's if you didn't have me as a co-host i think you would shit the bed on that one well okay saying, no yeah. you're gonna host yeah i'm gonna yeah. write it yeah. and 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 <laughs> maybe let me get a no, pass but at they, that. They, they've hit the bottom of the barrel they yeah. can only they can only give okay. us like five dollars okay. right. that's it uh, well they i do, do five dollars yeah. in exposure yeah. they can give it to us yeah, i do it i would take more than like a day to write the jokes uh, and run them by people and run them by people yes um for instance, um, if you want to go up on stage mm-hmm. and you want to make a bunch of jokes about how animation is something that yeah. uh, parents sit through and kids love, mm-hmm. maybe make sure that one of the movies isn't an animated uh, biopic about a man who fled persecution yes. for being gay. And then another like stick in my craw for that is that Disney always sweeps those categories yes. anyway. So it's just Disney wiping their own ass with their own money. Yes. That I hate constantly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they really dislike animation. They seem to not be thrilled with the uh, like the you know the technical stuff gets cut to save mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. but then it's done in such a way where it is juxtaposed against pre-filmed audience footage. So it is quite literally smoke and mirrors when they do that. And even despite their best efforts, because of the skits and such. It still goes over time. Yeah. So maybe. Oh, it was we, longer than ever. Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe we could we could actually celebrate the movies mm-hmm. and and not have the other junk well, in there. Look what they did to Hamaguchi, who won for screenplay. Drive My Car, fabulous movie if you haven't seen on mm-hmm. HBO Max. Three hours, wonderful uh, telling of theater and a personal life. They they played him off in like two minutes, and then the other winners got like five and a half minutes to say whatever they want uninterrupted. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know. I just don't know who's behind this. No, it's like, I, oh, the screenplay one. Give it two minutes. Go. <laughs> and and it's just like I, I don't know. It's just between the, the celebrities and their things, and and then uh, you know, and, and earlier in the night, you had messaged me in a fervor, yes. uh, in a in a Queen Elizabeth <laughs> outrage because uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League had been showcased on stage. So I did do some research. From the night of. It was the fans that rigged the vote, yes. thank God. I was yeah. like, the Academy's like, here's the top five moments in cinema. And that's all I heard. I said, okay, this yeah. is going to be a good, good laugh for me. So starts off number five. Oh, it's some superhero movie. I'm like, all right, well, I'll let one slide. Number four, Effie in Dreamgirls. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, that's a good musical moment. And then the other subsequent three, and it's topical that uh, Ezra Miller also making the big news this week, yep. too. Uh the Flash enters the what? The Speedverse or something? Uh, it's the end of Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League. The Flash <laughs> enters the Speed Force to uh, reverse time and save the day. Yeah, a film that I enjoyed, but no. is not is not. And I went. Uh, this is the top moment in all of cinema. All of cinema. And I told you that's what it, I told. Like, oh, this has to be like a fan poll yeah. because they're gonna mob that uh but and then uh, it was a fan poll because they referenced that other minamata the johnny depp movie that got scrubbed <laughs> yeah from yeah. the world um but then like the uh the, the you know that happened uh zack snyder's justice league was on the same stage as nicole kidman um and and i thought that's gonna be the most boring part of the night mm-hmm. so i had tuned out again and yeah. then when the the slap happened yeah. I, yeah it was dad goes what um <laughs> 
I'm listening to music, what? But it's just one of those things where it's getting to the point where, like, people are not caring about live broadcast stuff unless things like this happen. And, you know, that was the debate on whether it was scripted or not. I don't feel like this was scripted at all. No, because they cut the audio. Yeah. So, but, but, like, people have, you know, mapped it out. Like, the ratings were going to be lower than last year's Mm -hmm. until people changed the channel after that that happened. And then it, that gave it the second lowest ratings. Um... So you get the feeling that it's, like, really not about the movies. It seems to be, like, I don't know, just something else. Yeah. It's like a, like, like people patting themselves on the back for stuff. Of and it, it's not, you know, and maybe we, I, I, we gotta be biased because we're an anime podcast. <laughs> but just, like, the, the absolute fucking hatred for animation is really annoying. Yeah. Like, I, 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 you gotta think that. Even, like, something like Encanto probably has more staying power than mm-hmm. a lot of... It but reaches it a wider mocked. audience, a yeah. worldwide audience, yeah. It just, but just get mocked. It's like, you know, well, it, it's... That's the American. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's just bizarre, and it's like... When actual know. more work goes into these films than any other. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't get it, mm-hmm. but it, it was... I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see what they do next year because mm. they're gonna have to. Because there's always a like a pendulum swing. Well, you know who the world wants to heart uh, wants to host my critical darling love of my heart, Lady Gaga. Who yeah. really, you know, open up that retirement village full of <laughs> cele- aging celebrities gracefully. Yeah, um, she know, was cool. Yeah, she always she, cool. Yeah. I got you, Dad. And then I kick the wheelchair out from under you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, and then you get, you get the gasps, yeah. get the ratings, yeah. and then uh, you I know, come back, uh, scoop you in my arms, framed in the Pieta style. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be. Oh, you uh, got that reference yeah. though. <laughs> I did, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just wish it was more about the movies. I think and... we all do. Yeah, maybe in the next generation, because you know they built the Oscars Museum, which apparently went so over budget, it's insane. Mm-hmm. But it's finally done, so maybe after like. The last of these people do their reign because if you lead the Oscar, like the Academy, you get like a four-year presidential reign, apparently. Yeah. Very odd. But maybe after these and we get some new blood in, it'll be a bit different. Oh, and the gift bags, which included <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, liposuction yeah. and a plot of land in Scotland yep. that you have a lordship it, title I over. I read that too, yeah. I... If mm, only, right? I... I I don't know, but it, it doesn't really impact because again, the the most the, the most parts of an award show that I've watched is when I sat down and watched all of uh, the video game awards, <laughs> which E three isn't happening this year. So no, it's not. That. So that was um, you know we, we watched it. The pot guy from Elden Ring showed up, got uh, you know mm-hmm. preempted, and then, uh, you know so I. I I just it's the thing I can't watch celebrities do things, but yeah. it, you know I'm like you get that cringe. I would think that if you want to pretend to be prestigious, then be prestigious. Yeah. Like, you know, that's all I ask. Yeah, I no, ask for I, consistency. I agree. But, I love that. What happened to the olden days? Um, um, I guess in continuing the train of movies, since this podcast is going to turn into a movie podcast for the month of May, I assume, mm-hmm. with our Sinister Six and then Animasterpiece mm-hmm. <laughs> theater. Um, Dan Ryan, I told you about a certain film that I saw. Mm-hmm. That changed my life forever. It's not everyone, because we've been in the Discord, there's one person who was like, gave it a soft 9 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, top 10 immediately. Um, did you purchase tickets for Saturday? I was going to convene with you today to Please. get those. Because we, need to, we yes. need to get that in for a certain other movie that... Yes. 
we need to we're being paid to <laughs> i need it in my bloodstream again i saw everything everywhere all at once which mm-hmm. you know is a, a new film from daniels which is a coalition collaboration of two directors that brought a swiss army man before uh swiss army man starring daniel radcliffe and paul dano if you've ever seen it before one of the a24 originals it's, it's dark comedy it's about a uh, paul dano on an island uh, with a farting corpse that is played by Daniel. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good, but this really changed the game for me because it's a multiverse. I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, it's a multiverse tale that I think was overplayed by the superhero franchise, but done in a way that really pulls at the heartstrings. You feel every emotion when seeing this movie. It's so good, in fact, that I said this is A24's best, and you know I've hyped up The Green Knight for three years' time. Mm -hmm. Put that one on a shelf. It's good, but it's not this good. This is one that can definitely reach the masses. Michelle Yeoh is phenomenal. There are film references. It's funny. It makes you cry. It makes you think about how you treat your fellow human being and your family members. I said, Dan, we have to walk, not run, not walk to this film. Yeah, no. Yeah. And I, I just for the lot, like, I didn't really feel like going it's into the It's not playing city. any, yeah, like, so. in a vast space till April 8th, I believe. But I, yeah. n- when you see it, and we are going to see it, no, you we'll are get bringing ticket, me along. We'll get tickets yeah. immediately after this. Yeah, yes. um, uh, but uh, the, the, uh, I'm excited because yeah. I have not seen you react this way I, to a movie in honestly, a long time. I, yeah, I so, went uh, in being pretty hyped because I heard that it's like a game changer from my Twitter. And I was like, all right, A24, I just saw X, which was a little less, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like, A24, consistently good for most parts. But this really, I was expecting a 10 and I got more. Mm-hmm. So that's all I can say for that. But go and see it. This needs to be an Oscar contender. Yeah. Well, I would hope. Yeah. I, I I was a little disappointed that the Green Knight didn't... Yeah, anything. Um, Not many people saw it, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I offer... Can I offer... Can I offer a brief rebuttal? Yes. Um... From from the world of uh, of, uh, of of bad movies, can I offer a rebuttal about mm-hmm. something? Yeah, because uh, you you just restated something that the marketing for everywhere, everywhere, all at once also does that you know says the multiverse thing done right. Mm-hmm. But I, I I just need to point out mm-hmm. as a scholar of bad movies, mm-hmm. there has been one multiverse movie. It has been Spider Man. No, yeah, well that was and Matt's it, Matt's second favorite. Matt loves Spider Man. Not not Spider Man. Spider Man yeah. entered the Spider Verse, right? Yes. Yeah. So, Matt's original favorite movie until this film. Yeah. So technically, yeah. so two. Yeah. So so the both Spider Man movies, yes. um, and then a Doctor Strange movie is going to be resolving that plot thread mm-hmm. and kind of bringing things oh, I've together. Seen trailers for that. Um. So three. And then, in an attempt to copy what Marvel is doing, mm-hmm. um, but they will end up doing it almost a year and a half later because of all of their many failings, DC mm. will have a multiverse movie that will uh, merge timelines, apparently, into one, and then they might do uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is not something I can unpack here, but it is a terrible idea to do that when every character has had one poorly received movie and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do just want to push back that we have not gotten that many multiverse movies. No, but I mean, it's the concept of, like, <laughs> yes, they're stepping through yeah, the portals yeah, yeah. and, you know, they're interacting with different timelines that I feel like... We've done this before in film, but yeah. never to this level. Because yeah. I look at like Fellini, who's done similar things within the mind of one man, mm-hmm. being John Malkovich. You know, there, there's a whole thing that addresses like how you perceive the world. This one felt like for the first time, 
a wider audience could take this, get it, and take away something in themselves well, from it. Well, no, and that's what it's, it's like. It seems like it's actually using that premise in a in a new and creative fashion. Like yeah. it seems like it's using it to like you know. And I don't know yet because I I'm waiting to see it. Yes, but it, I'm like, not gonna it, it, I'm not it, gonna uh, spoil anything. Yeah. But it had me and Matt crying at the end of the film, and I haven't cried in a movie. I haven't cried period in a long time, Dan. I you know, and that's I I am I am very very interested to see it. Yeah, because I you know it, it looks like a it looks like a I would recommend IMAX Dolby or whatever the super fancy Cinemark version mm-hmm. of it is. Because yeah. it really does need that better screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but go, go and see. Run, don't walk. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, aside from that, I just have the basic video games. I didn't have much time for video games this week. I was in a funk, but I am sixty percent through Kirby. Um, love Kirby. Love, loving Kirby. <laughs> really, <laughs> Kirby. <laughs> really <laughs> extending his Poyo arm to get me out of my darkest timeline. <laughs> I love that ping pong ball more than I can say. It's a fantastic game. Yeah. It yeah. is. <laughs> and I, I'm a sad that I'm nearing the conclusion, I assume. But I know Kirby. They'll be like, there's another two worlds after this, I assume, since I'm 60% through. And that's not a big number yet. But yeah, I'm I, at the I fire, hope so. I'm at the fire, fire world. I'm yeah. at desert world? Okay, so that's the world after. Yeah, okay. desert world. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so good. So I got more to... Okay, good. Yeah. good. Um, Elden Ring, yet again, pulling me out. There's mm-hmm. so much game. I'm further than Dan. Dan's behind, but there's still too much on the horizon. Yeah. Um, I, I, I met just, Turtle Pope. <laughs> I met Turtle Pope. Yeah. I've been wandering around, uh, you know, training and uh, finding better gear and everything. And mm-hmm. just even that is like... Like, I'm returning to previous areas, I'm faring much better against enemies that mm-hmm. were tanking me before, and it's, it's, I don't know, I, I could see, like, plunging just an unlimited amount of time oh, into that game. this will be the game a, of the, the summer. Yeah. Like, I'll be finishing it up in the summer. I haven't touched Project Tri- Triangle Strategy, but it's there, it's yeah. happening. I hate that all these games came out at once, but hopefully since there's no E3 and Zelda has been pushed back, yeah. I will have time. Uh, like I'm, I, I'm, I'm still advancing through Triangle Strategy, but mm-hmm. I am playing it on like an easier setting. Okay, because I, I just don't yeah. like I'm not yeah. between yeah. like everything else. I just don't really care. Like I, just, I'm there for the goober characters. Mm-hmm. I'm not and really. The, the I don't need to be challenged I'm by not it. Lambast you, down. Um, but uh, we also got Lego Star Wars coming this week. Oh, sure. well, okay. Well, that might make some people <laughs> yeah. happy. Um, oh. And One Piece Odyssey got announced. Yes, that's true. Dan Ryan. Like I said, I'm going to be reincarnated as you because every dog has its day, but every Dan's is every day, right? Yeah, yeah it was. It looks to be like a like a Dragon Quest Eleven type RPG or something, so mm-hmm. why not? It'd yeah. be cool. Um, but yeah, a lot of, lot of stuff. I'm trying to, I feel like I'm even forgetting stuff. There's uh, probably but- more. The Dropout has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think the series uh, finale airs this week yeah um i know moon knight came out i have not gotten a chance to watch it i yet. haven't either i mean uh, i love oscar isaac so maybe i'll check it out uh in terms of in terms of anime i know that uh someone we've referenced frequently super eye patch wolf yes just put out a i haven't seen it yet i was going to save it for after our yeah no me too yeah, our conclusion uh, today uh put out another berserk video why you should still read berserk which i've been intending to do but mm-hmm. those hardcover folios sure are expensive <laughs> yeah well they they shot up and like everyone yes, started buying them yeah. so it uh yeah so 
I mean, that's going on, I think, the 25th anniversary of the Pokemon anime was this past week. Mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts has a 20th anniversary that they celebrated, but we're getting news in a week, I think. Oh. So, who knows? Did you buy that attaché set? No, $600, please. <laughs> the Gucci yeah. atta- Kingdom Perhaps Hearts Perhaps I set. could dream, but no. Where no. am I traveling to but the bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so a lot, a lot of interesting stuff on the horizon, I yes. think. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with Zelda being pushed back too. Just wanna, yes, that, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we that, have enough on our plate. They take as much time as they need. Why yes. not? Um, and presumably it'll coincide maybe with stronger Switch hardware. We don't know, but I have a feeling that will be the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of other games, like we got, we got plenty anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I we have to cover. Now, I said I didn't prepare the tangent that you supplied mm-hmm. me, as well as I might hope, but I have a few ideas if you wish to hear yeah, them. Yeah, by all means, right, let me open so up the notes. And... You suggested to me last week that we are um, debating our fifth gym leader, who we say are inspired by Frida Kahlo and her hubby, who, sorry, don't have the name on hand, but, um... I thought it would be interesting. Frida Kahlo is an artist most famous for, like, self-portraiture. Yes. And depicting herself in crazy, you know, weird situations that I thought might be a little too... What's the word for it? Like, conceptual for Pokemon? Yes. At times, but I I have a few ideas for her. Of course, I think even that Cole Fairy Pokemon that I mentioned last time, Frida Mm Kahlo is famous for, like... Almost dying on a trolley and being seated next to someone who was carrying gold dust and then seeing that in the air. Mm-hmm. Like, as she was awakened, bloody and bleeding on the street. Mm-hmm. So I thought that might be, like, a unique, fun little reference to have on our team since she is a fairy-type gym leader, I assume, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's, well, you know, we already decided that that one comes in fairy rock or fairy steel variants. Yes, She'll have so. the genuine fairy steel one. Yeah, so that might be an idea for her just for, like, those who know, know. Um, another idea I had was her portrait of the wounded deer instead of like, it's a deer being shot by arrows, but Mm -hmm. instead of a regular deer, it's a deer with a human face. Mm -hmm. I know that that might seem a little bloody and graphic for Pokemon. So maybe you can have like some form of appendage or like floral because she's also very obsessed with floral work, Mm -hmm. um, coming out of it instead. And maybe if we want to like make it less uncanny valley creepy and having a human face, it could either have, um, like a deer face and a humanish body. Like, switch that up, or it could be replaced by, like, a mirror, per se. So, like, the face is staring at you from it. Okay. Um, Another thing that Frida Kahlo is known for are blood vessels. So, like, if you want to get a little bit of Eldritch Abomination in it, it could be, like, a living heart with a blood vessel, but make it cute, I guess, (laughs) because it's fairy type. Mm -hmm. No, um, I like this. And yeah. then I, she does another one that has another very long otter. So if we have like a long otter Pokemon, you did propose an yeah, otter last. So it, week, like that, so. I I mentioned that because it it fit with our other thing. Like she has a long otter. We mentioned I think it was a Florida no Florida panther. It was some form of otter that was going extinct. Like that the southern be, otter. Yeah, yeah I think you that said, might yeah. be good for her team as well. We could give that an Evo. That's part. Uh, fairy. fairy. Mm-hmm. And then my last idea for Frida Kahlo was self-portraits, so it's just a frame of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Literally just a frame that you can insert different things. And I know we have a lot of uh, uh, variations within certain species in this gen that we're creating, but mm-hmm. this would be another one that like maybe it's a different kind of frame. Something within the frame is different every time. Okay. Um, or a mirror, because the mirror has two faces to have. Okay. 
for the hubby. Now I know the hubby has a slightly different um, style, not as many paintings as Frida Kahlo. So I said, why not draw inspiration from fellow um, painter Dolly, who has mm-hmm. a lot of ideas, Salvador Dolly. Um, I suggested there's this painting of a drawer man with a man comprised entirely of different pullable drawers, which is very cool and stylish. Okay. Um, of course, we have the Dolly melting clocks. That's been referenced before. We could just have a clock Pokemon that is melting more and more. Maybe it could be Fire Fairy. He's Dragon. Dragon. Okay. Because yeah, it's Oh, fairy, Dragon. Yeah. Sorry. Well, we can uh, we yeah. can blend that in, too. It could be like a Time Dragon. Sorry, I didn't write that down. Uh, for Dragon, though, we have the uh, spindle leg elephants with the clock towers on their back. That seems very draconian for a, yeah. a, a Dolly thing. And, uh, yeah, that's all the ideas I have. Well, well, at the, like, at the, the core of these two, because it's like, they're, they're both, they would be, in this theoretical game, they would be version exclusives. Yes. I, I mentally, I've been referring to the boyfriend as Diego, because it sounds like Dragon. Mm-hmm. It's got, like, yeah. Frida, I've been mentally referring to it, because Frida already yeah. sounds like fairy anyway, yes. so, um... But it would just be like, you know, if we can, we can, you, you, I mean, utilizing the ideas you've already had, you know, as long as it is like, because Frida can have fairies who are related to like natural or like older art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then boyfriend has dragons who are related to more modern yeah. abstract yeah. art. As long as, like, we don't even need to play, like, this hard and fast with, with you know... Direct references. Basis, but, yeah. like, as long as the two of them are, like... And they're, like, you know, they're, like, a... Yeah. They they annoy each other, but yeah, they're, give like... Give a, you know, a dragon a Jackson Pollock color scheme and call it a day. Well, it doesn't... Need, well, yeah. I, I can go much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, given enough time to obsess over these things, I mm-hmm. can... I can uh, I'll, I'll think of something. Um, and we did also... Uh, throw around the idea of having the Galapagos Islands yes. provide, like, ancient evolutions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I have a feeling Melting Clock Dragon could come into play somewhere there with, mm-hmm. like, a dragon that ages Time. rapidly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, if you give me permission to fiddle around with some of uh, art stuff, like, I was thinking of a dragon that uses, um, like, that big pyramid a- in... Uh, Paris that okay like because yeah. I remember in um uh, what was it the Da Vinci Code like the <laughs> French guy is like that that's an eyesore on that's a modern art piece yes. that's like like maybe a dragon that has that as a shell mm-hmm. or something yeah. but you know I I really like melting clock thing too mm-hmm. so you we do can move um in the shape of a pyramid because it has to it has to you know as long as we design these so that they fit for like a fifth gym like mm-hmm. they're not overpowered yes. they're not absurd yeah. you know he would she would have uh, you know the multiple fairies that we've designed mm-hmm. then he would have you know a few of these then maybe like gabite or some something that players could beat at that phase yeah. um but the that whole i think that whole city when i finally reach it in the art that i'm working on um it should be interesting, because it's like, we've designed it to be, like, the contrast between past and present. Like, mm. it has, like, a shopping mall over here, a market over here, a church here, a, like, modern-day mm-hmm. thing over here, and then the gym is, like, split down the, the middle. middle of both yeah. as sense. the art museum or okay. something. So, it's uh, it should be cool. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. So, mm. I will take these ideas to the bank. Mm-hmm. They will... Uh, you know, we got a lot in the backlog to work through. Uh, next up, we do, you know, uh, we got 
Poppy and Sage coming. Yep. I know you're, you suggested Bug Guy should be mm-hmm. on our forefront. Yes, he he will be coming soon too. If because mm-hmm. uh, we I came up with a smug bug face <laughs> smug for him bug. Uh, with like pincer hair. Excellent naming, Hector. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean naming the Pokemon too. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so his one of his main guys will be showcased soon too, um, and yeah. So again, mm. uh, we we got we got plenty who yes. haven't been unveiled yet. So yes. uh, we we hope you'll enjoy that. You said next I should focus on the uh, police team. Yes, okay. I, I. Their names are escaping me at the moment, but I do team believe Team Lithium. Well, Team Lithium, yeah. But um, if we're given Poppy and Sage, oh well, they're all named after elements, so yeah, know, yeah. So okay, uh, if yeah. if we, uh, I I think the first two that you encounter from that team will be Boron and Bismuth, mm-hmm. the uh, the you know the the dumb muscle of that group. Mm-hmm. Who I think you fight in a double battle. We decided yeah, so maybe to mirror the other team. Yeah, so yeah. maybe like two things that go together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if if, if at all, so okay. maybe think on that. I'll dwell. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, well, that's that's what we got. All right. So without further ado, with our uh, tangent ended and the next one set, shall we dive into today's episode? I'd say so. All right. So where we last left off, it's Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, we're at episode five, which is part three, part one. Mm-hmm. Um, going back, I did finish the notes for this entire series mm-hmm. two days ago. It's at 10 episodes total that we'll be watching the series. So this mm-hmm. is the halfway mark, even though I said last episode was the emotional halfway mark. Um, but I hope that 10 episodes should be able to get us in a ni- nice time frame for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just flows nicely. And a correction, it's not in six parts, it's in five parts, the anime. Okay. So this is the third part. We are technically in the second half now. Um, but a recap slash thoughts on what we watched last. Of course, Fuhrer Bradley was revealed to be the homunculus Wrath. Mm-hmm. Um, Mustang's troops divided Bradley using Hawkeye as blackmail, basically saying, I'm going to keep an eye on her, her close to me. And if you try anything against me, then, Mm -hmm. you know, it's up shit's creek. Unsuccessful attempt to capture Gluttony, resulting in Ed, Ling, and Envy being eaten, residing within Gluttony, and Ed having to piece together the mystery of Xerxes and literally transmutate themselves to get out of there. Yes. Because uh, Gluttony was like a fake portal of truth that father created, and now... They scooped out into the real world again. But before that happened, um, Al heads to Central to meet Father as Scar and May follow suit. So our great forces are converging together, Mm -hmm. as they do in this series. And Ed uses the knowledge of the destruction of Xerxes to create a portal to get them all out, passing Al's real body that can't leave without his soul. Ed then vows to return to Al soon with his body presence so to bring him home and a lot a lot of cool stuff yeah, i love envy yep. a lot of good yep. lore envy had an eldritch abomination eldritch that's my favorite word of the podcast who doesn't apparently. get killed he just chills yeah. out he's like yeah yeah a lot of, he's a lot of surprises to come yeah um fantastic cliffhanger mm-hmm. I, i'm just excited to see to see the resolution of this we will be meeting some new characters and one of my favorite characters in the entire anime Mm -hmm. of course today but do you have any initial expectations on where this is going of course we have the brothers resolved we have scar and um uh alphonse heading below central to meet father Mm -hmm. who you know is right behind this door that they opened what's gonna happen dan yeah, I, I, I'm, again, I'm excited for the, the, the resolution of this, the drama that could ensue from all of this. Mm. I, I'm just interested to see how it goes. I know you tease that we might be heading Oop North, 
at some point. Oh, so yes. I'm interested to get more world building, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm. It's been a thrilling ride thus far. So all right. Yeah. Well, I'm happy you're excited, and you've called me an ice queen. But just wait <laughs> until this series of episode is over. Hmm? Actually, I said ice cream, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an actor, and here we are, back on Anime Was Not a Mistake. Oh, I can hope you can put your uh, feminine wiles to good use. Mm-hmm. Lure someone into a false sense of security, perhaps. Show a little but... leg, perhaps. <laughs> leg of lamb. <laughs> or leg of mutton. You be the judge. What did you think of Fullmetal Alchemist Part 3, Part 1? I I do have some questions, but I assume you'll answer them oh, with the with yeah. the what we yeah. skip. But We they... had a huge... I... This is the biggest period that I'll skip in this mm-hmm. series. I skipped four episodes in total, I think, but I had to make do. No, no, I mean, everything still flowed nicely, and it was, I, 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 I love it. I love the intrigue. Yeah. I, I love, uh, the fort that mm-hmm. we go to. You it, love a certain it, himbo. Yes, uh, it, it, it's all good in my book. Mm. Um... But what? What plagues your mind? Oh, no, I'm just, I'm just, you're gonna clarify mm-hmm. th- uh, things, but I, um... Ah, there's just so much, so much intrigue. Mm. I, I'm, I, I'm always excited to keep going. So, all yeah. right. Well, good to know. Shall we dive into today's mm-hmm. episodes then? So, we're going to begin. The drawing board, of course, is incorporated within these episodes with little trivia pieces that I thought you might find imperative to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, our first episode was skipped today. So, what we missed, part one, we had an interlude episode starring von Hohenheim himself, mm-hmm. who appears to have not aged a day in over fifty. Years. Hmm. He's been around mm-hmm. looking the same since uh, he was accompanied to a party by a much younger, much hotter Pinaco. Yeah. How did she get so short over the years? <laughs> she grew. Well, yeah, yeah. Her spine collapsed in on itself. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is that what Winry's going to look like when she's older? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Uh, but this served as a recap of the series so far. It's set within a dream where Hohenheim speaks to himself and dwells on the weakness of humanity. Uh, natural resource hohenheim is warning anyone uh wouldn't have changed anything so like he knows that this big thing is going to be set up but he refuses to tell anyone about it for Mm -hmm. some reason he watched humanity in a cycle of violence for a very long time and suggests that they will never give up though he's fine with losing all of his family and friends but he feels partly human, partly not human at the same time, which okay. will be expanded on in a future Hohenheim recap episode. But I just want you to pose the question to yourself: Is Hohenheim bad dad? <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm starting to feel no, but yeah. that's part of the experience, I guess. 
Um, Trisha steps in at the last moment of the stream and convinces Hohenheim that people can change. Hohenheim awakes. Uh, this episode also features many shots of an in-joke brand of booze entitled Stray Dog, named after a previous series of Arakawa's, which has also appeared several times in the manga and other series as well. Mm -hmm. So, the booze unites these series together. Okay. Yeah. Uh, our first episode of the evening, episode 28, Father! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we get a new opening, emphasizing Ed needing to get back to the gate and get Al's body back, Kimberly vs. Scar, and flashback to Mustang and more in Ishval, a new female commander in a snowy setting. Mm -hmm. So just a little bit of a tease of what's to lie before us on mm -hmm. this. Um, in this episode, below Central, Al, Zhao Mei, and Gluttony arrive. Uh, father looks just like Hohenheim. Hmm, what's going on there, Dan? Yeah, no, it's an interesting uh, little exchange here, yeah. but it's quickly interrupted by uh, uh, Gluttony. <laughs> Gluttony's body, poo poor Pooh Bear, <laughs> whose body explodes as Envy, Ling, and Ed fall out from the previous episode. The brothers catch up, Father examines Ed and Al, and deduces that they must be the Elric brothers. Uh, Hohenheim's name sounds familiar to him. You don't mean Von Hohenheim, do you? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's kind of what we meant. Uh, is he your father? Uh, I had no idea about that, and we find that the Elrics took their mother's last name because they don't like Hohenheim for abandoning them in their youth. Mm -hmm. uh, father instantly heals and rebuilds the brothers, uh, and proclaims that the two of them are vital resources to him and he wouldn't want anything to happen to them. And the brothers realize that there is no equivalent exchange going on here. He's able to rebuild the arm and set bones without giving up anything in return. Mm -hmm. um, so he might not be entirely human. Um, then father suggests to Gluttony that you can eat Ling. I have no service for him. Um, Ling doesn't like father and father suggests that humans are like insects to him. Would you care if an insect was stomped on before you, Dan? Yeah, well, it's it's a it's a common villain speech. Like, yeah. would you would you give pass for an ant? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ed tries striking father, but no use. It's a waste of time. With one step elsewhere, Hohenheim senses the change in father. So like, Hohenheim is off in the mountains somewhere touring, and he turns as father steps at mm -hmm. this point so they're not the same person but they're aware of each other's existence at yeah this point. that's that's the vibe i got yeah um so blocks in and out from using alchemy father in that case and ling may serve a use father produces a philosopher's stone and wants to combine it with link to form a new sense of greed mm -hmm. uh, to reinvent or rebuild greed from the previous episode where he destroyed him yeah um would you drink the doodad well, it depends on what the uh, immortal do on what sin I was embodying. <laughs> what sin would you embody? Dan? I don't. I that's a that's a that's probably a question only someone critical of me well, could answer. So <laughs> I mean, I'm feeling very slothish lately, but envy uh, is my sin. That's my through and through sin. I don't know. Maybe I mean also Pride, maybe sloth. Uh, pr maybe wrath because I, I you never uh, get angry. Well, with me. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I would also probably say sloth or. Eh, mm. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I don't know if I would accept the do because it you can't seem to retain your personality that's after. That's true. So. That's true. Uh, but Ling serves a use. Um, before uh, Ling is uh, doing the do, Ed pulls out Hawkeye's gun and threatens to shoot, but can't pull the trigger because Envy goes, "Would you shoot such a sad face with glasses?" <laughs> I think not. <laughs> 
Um, so he feels bad for, like, the transmuted souls within Envy. Um, but it turns out that this is just what Ling wants. Ling's body is destroyed and rebuilt numerous times as the power of transformation flows through him to become a homunculi. This serves that Ling is going through immense pain. Uh, Ling is then flung into a bloody void where he meets the old-slash-new greed, um... Interesting drawing board fact, in the Funimation dub of this episode, Troy Baker takes on the role of Greed. This was due to Chris Patton leaving the voice acting business before recording wrapped up on this series. And it could also fit in a new Greed, new body, new voice. Yeah. But they do pull this once again in the series, and they don't change the voice actor. So. Okay. But I Just okay. interesting yeah. behind the scenes. It was, know, yeah, in interesting the scene, though. Like, it was a really cool, like, so are you that, you know, I wasn't the previous guy known as Greed. I, you know, I'm just Greed, yeah. and I need a new host now, so. Mm-hmm. So Ling commits to the bit of letting Greed and him share a body. Ling is then replaced with Greed and receives a homunculus tattoo for that fact. So the transformation is complete. Greed doesn't remember meeting his brothers or his old human friends or chimera friends that we saw in previous episodes. This is a new greed. And it insists that Ling still must be in there. He wouldn't have given up so easily. Just then, Scar and May arrive, our dynamic duo. May is terrified of father, senses that there's something evil about him, uh, as if something's squirming around within him. Mm-hmm. Uh, reunited with Zhao Mei, her lovable panda... <laughs> <laughs> the two embrace. Ed is that short kid from before, and May's expectation is broken. She was expecting uh, Ed to be, like, the tall, handsome one of the group, but just sees a little runt being crushed by Envy at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Scar is interfering. Scar and May not supposed to have their alchemy. Oh, so at this point, like, Father has taken away yeah. the brother's alchemy. They can't which, get it to work. Which, in, within this batch of episodes you provided, it does get followed up on that, like, they're drawing it from something, mm-hmm. and Father can seemingly yeah. cut that off if he wants to. But Scar and May still possess this power as they use alchemy, not alchemy. Um, and now it's not working, and we feel... Uh, Ed reveals the truth behind the war. He goes, Scar, if you're mad at anyone, be mad at these folks, because Envy right there started it, and these three have been conspiring mm-hmm. to overthrow um, Ishval. Yeah. For the entire time. Um, it convinced Ling that there is somewhere. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so then they, they team up at this point. Uh, father stands... Uh, may recognize... It. So, like, Father sends them, like, the homunculi off to mm-hmm. fight these newcomers. May recognizes that Ling's body is uh, fighting in the place of greed and goes, like, that's, like, one of the clans I'm against. I have to be careful around here. Mm-hmm. What is he doing here as well? Um... Al picks up Mei and Zhao Mei and runs to the gatekeepers when Mei is knocked aside by Gluttony. Scar flees and escapes with Mei, and then they both agree to team up. Al says, like, you have to get this young girl to the surface. I know we've had our differences in the past, but she's more important right now. Mm -hmm. So you have to help me out right here. Um, Al realizes that he's too important to be killed by them. And then Scar throws Al's head and causes a steam-slash-hydrogen explosion and escapes. Al was captured by Envy. Gluttony reveals to be out of gas as he lays dying. An Ed and Greed fight, trying to remind Ling of his country. It seems to be no use. Um, And once they're captured, Father advises the homunculi to take them to Wrath. Ling is still in there, according to Ed. Yeah. Um, In the post-credits scene, we see that Father rips out Gluttony's stone and absorbs it. 
And another homunculus seems to be down for now, but father says, you will be reborn, my son, with your memories intact. Yeah, when I, you know, it's necessary again. Important so. to note. Uh, we get a new ending with just Winry working in Rush Valley and Lan Fawn watching from a distance while um, young Mei plays with Zhao Mei. Mm-hmm. So our female characters are, you know, okay, just in the ending. Important nonetheless. All right, so what we missed part two. This is a very long section, Dan, so bear with me. No, if by you all have means. any questions, please pose them. Envy takes the Elric brothers back above to Wrath. Uh, there's an elevator direct to Central Command connected. Ed reveals to Al that his body still exists in the gate, so Al is informed about this whole situation that his body is in one place and his soul is in another. Mei and Zhao Mei ha- are hidden within Al at this point uh, while they're going up. It turns out that Scar didn't get her to the surface, but um, Al has Mei within his hollow armor frame during this. Okay. So an important part. Uh, Wrath is King Bradley having a conversation with Mustang. They walk in at the same moment where Mustang's like, oh, sir, so you're a homunculi and you're blackmailing me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get a similar treatment. Devouting their friends to the winds, Wrath had never really lied to his brothers. State alchemist program has been used to recruit sacrifices. And Wrath suggests that Winry is a bargaining chip to keep everyone in line. Al asks if the brothers can keep searching for their bodies. And Wrath says, I guess that's fine. You can do that as long as it doesn't conflict with our own means. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mustang still has his ambitions to become purer. Bradley, not the one that murdered Hughes. That's all that's revealed. Mustang goes like, I need to know who murdered Hughes so I can seek revenge. And Bradley goes, it wasn't me. And that's all I'm going to tell you. Okay. So Mustang doesn't want to murder him right at the spot. Uh, Bradley almost stabs May, but she dodges within Al's armor frame. He's like, I sense something within you. He does like a sword point, but it, the sword doesn't come up bloody. So it's a nice bookend from like that initial fight with greed scene Mm -hmm. when al had what's her name in his body that got killed yeah okay okay very okay yeah that makes sense uh ed calls to check on winry she's doing fine greed delivers a message in jing yi's to the brothers to the brothers from ling to lan fawn uh suggesting that maybe ling isn't like so i don't know how to describe this like a puppet to greed yeah like they're still, still they still there. have some presence in there so yeah uh scar finds dr marco in the sewers marco wishes death from scar since he was behind the hishval and genocide or that's how he feels a uh, message to lanfon explains that lanfon should go back home since he found a philosopher's stone so greed has gotten out this message via ling's body mm-hmm. to lanfon saying that they should both go home uh, Ling is still in greed, and he experiences, like, outburst of control. So he's not fully corrupted by greed. Okay. Um, Armstrong and Hawkeye are given the truth by Mustang. Armstrong is too soft-hearted and says, like, he should resign. Like, he didn't sign up for all this. He's tired of all the bloodshed. Armstrong and Hawkeye are, uh, I'm sorry, uh, he vows to fight. Lan Fon wants assistance of Automel Engineer uh, to free Ling from within greed, so... Ed and I'll give them Winry's number to go mm-hmm. there and hit up. Thus, the end credits, they think that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, she's seeking out Winry in Rush Valley. Um, Mei Chang and Long Fan fight because they're from two different clans. Mm-hmm. So we have this stare out like, oh, you're the one I'm destined to kill. And then Dr. Knox steps in and says, no, you're clearly here for the same reason. You shouldn't be wanting to kill one another, mm-hmm. especially when you're both weakened in this state. 
the brothers are able to use alchemy again. Scar and May are the only ones who can use alchemy at that point. Uh, Scar on the verge of killing Marco, who doesn't want to be used for the homunculi's plans, but wants the truth of what happened in Ishval. Marco made a Philosopher's Stone for Father using the Ishvalan genocide, which we see in a later episode. Mm -hmm. So he reveals that truth to Scar. Um, And then I think that's the end, right? We reach episode 30 at that point. Okay, that makes sense. Um, But it was a lot that we missed. It was two to three episodes. No, I just need the context for, like, how Wrath, uh, like, excused them, I guess. Uh, One thing I liked in the previous episodes is that they show... Mustang from below the fifth laboratory or third laboratory, whatever, lab- fourth laboratory, whatever laboratory it was, mm-hmm. like he had to carve that alchemy symbol into his hand to use his alchemy. Mm-hmm. We we are shown that it's healing over time. Okay. So they do make a mention of that. I just had to bring that up. Episode 30, the Ishvalan War of Extermination. Flashback, 1905. A young Colonel Mustang is seeking to become a true flame alchemist denied by his master since he will become a dog of military in exchange. Uh, the master doesn't want flame alchemy to become another tool of war, and it is revealed that Mustang's master was none other than Hawkeye's father. Mm-hmm. So, intricate relationship there. Hawkeye's father dies, asking Mustang to look after Riza, who possesses his research now that he is dead. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the two speak of the military and carrying over the grave, and we find that the research is all tattooed on Hawkeye's back. Which is interesting. I did yeah. not expect that. More tattoo symbolism in the yeah. series. With we have Scar now, we have Hawkeye. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ed goes to talk with Hawkeye in the present to re-deliver her gun. Ed couldn't pull the trigger, stopping Winry from shooting Scar. Focus on staying alive. Protect her. You love her, says Hawkeye. Is the military a burden? We don't know. Hawkeye. So we get another flashback to her serving in the. Ishvalan War. Yeah, as a uh, sniper. Haw- Hawkeye reveals to Mustang that she too has killed many and feels sorry for herself. And then Ed asks about Ishval. Um, at the same point, Marco is confessing the fact that he created Philosopher's Stones in Ishval using Ishvalans mm-hmm. to scar. Um, and we get a joint flashback. So we get an analysis of Ishval's people, politics, and religion. Uh, Hawkeye surmises that one bullet changed everything. There was a seven long year... A seven-year-long civil war until Fuhrer Bradley issued the order for the Ishvalan War of Extermination, which was hell on earth. Tons of unnecessary bloodshed. Hawkeye served as a sniper, and she said, like, usually when fighters fight, they pull the trigger at random and fire wherever they can. Mm -hmm. But snipers have a decision, and they make the choice to kill. Yeah, and the state alchemists, because they're hand-to-hand usually, or something like that, so... All the state alchemists are making the same bloody decisions, including Mustang and Armstrong. We see that a younger Armstrong is more visually disturbed by his choices to kind of corral the Ishvalans to be shot off Mm -hmm. by this. He's weeping. He does not want to be there. It's affecting him a lot more. Um, Just an important thing to note. Uh, because we love Armstrong. On this we podcast. do. Yeah, yeah, we do. He's strong was, boy. Yeah. He's Louis yeah. Armstrong. He tries to redeem himself a lot. Uh, after this carnage has taken place, Hugh is speaking to Mustang, and Mustang has changed. Hughes is also revealed to kill, beat, or have killed a lot of people, even though we don't see them on screen because Hughes is like the innocent lamb of this series, as I like to admit. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the pillar of what everyone is striving to be. Um, Trying to kind their humanity again. I don't know what I meant by writing that, but, like, not the future they wanted. It's like, we're trying to, like, fix this. Is there a thing? Yeah, like, well, yeah, because Hughes is like, you know, this probably wasn't what we envisioned when we were at the Academy together. Uh, you compared it to the podcast. <laughs> uh, and then yes. it was, it was like, 
like, you know, we, we weren't supposed to be slaughtering people, but here we are. And it's, you know. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye, what? well, no, continue. Sorry. Oh, no, like, a lot of interesting exchanges between, um... Hawkeye Hughes and Mustang. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like, you know, uh, what, what was it? I think it might be the scene that's coming up that you're about mm. to go into. Okay. But, you know, just like, okay, why are you fighting? He's like, I'm just I'm just trying to stay alive. Yeah. Like, that's I just don't want to be dead. Yeah. He's like, is that good enough? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But, it, it, no, it's interesting. So Hawkeye joins their conversation with a shorter haircut. All have the eyes of a killer, so they've all killed in this war. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye wonders why alchemy is being used to kill rather than help. Another lieutenant, Solf J. Kimbley, revels in the tragedy. He's like, this is what we were meant to do in the first place, is kill as many as we can. Mm-hmm. He seems very heartless. Um, don't you take pride in your skills as an alchemist? Um, we all choose this. Uh, reason for this war marco reveals the reason marco had been well as like this simultaneous conversation is going on he reveals to scar that he was using this entire war to commit human transmutations to create philosopher's stones Mm -hmm. which he doesn't feel good about as we see in like the very graphic scene of him using these innocent he's horrified but yeah yeah um, and then these philosopher's stones were given to the crimson alchemist Sol J. Kimbley, thus while he was reveling in the war, uh, the same alchemist that murdered Scar's family and the one that he's seeking revenge against. Mm-hmm. So it all ties up. We've seen Sol J. Kimbley in episode one, and now his story is starting to get on track here. Mm-hmm. Um, the one stone swayed the battle in the invaders, uh, in the invaders' favors. Uh, Kimbley enjoys murdering and thus gifted this power. Uh, the Edgefallen surrender. The high priest offers himself to the Fuhrer King Bradley, who asks Bradley to take his lives for others. But Bradley scoffs that it is not an equivalent exchange, and that it's very boastful that you would assume one human is worth the lives of many humans. Uh, very, I I love that scene. Yeah. I love Wrath as a as a villain I, and just how I he, know you. I know you do. He, West Side Story. <laughs> he is. Uh, he. Like that whole speed, like it's a like I I my brain goes to the Davy Jones thing yeah. with the you know yeah. one soul isn't equal to but he's like 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 no it's it's like your your honorable sacrifice is not going to be equivalent me, yeah. to like my yeah. it's not going to appease his bloodlust so it's like no I'm just gonna keep I'm gonna keep killing people yeah and it, it, like this whole thing about how like God what is, is God? used to control yeah. people yeah. and. And, you know, Bradley clearly doesn't have faith in that sort of thing, so he's like, like, no, I'm just, I'm going to keep doing whatever I feel like doing, and if you could stop me, you could leap across, like, a yeah. table and hit me or or something, but you can't, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the survival of the fittest. Excellent, excellent villain yeah. crafting here, so. Uh, the war ends and all return home, all are expendable in the eyes of the military. Mustang and Hughes want to ascend the ranks and change this corrupt, heartless system. Hawkeye joins Mustang's team as Mustang's right-hand woman, and Mustang suggests to Riza Hawkeye that if I should ever deviate, you should shoot me in the back. Mm-hmm. Important. <laughs> shoot yeah. me in the back. Okay. All right, remember I, that. I should remember it's gonna that. Be, it's going to be weeks, Dan. Okay. But you should remember that Mustang said if I should ever deviate, you should shoot me in the back. Okay. All right. Okay, I will. Uh, I got a bad feeling, but yeah. I'll remember that. Riza Hawkeye says, "I will follow you into hell. I'll serve you however I can. Like you're my man." Uh, Mustang can change things if power is restored to the Parliament and a democ- democracy is restored. However, all involved in Ishval would then need to be tried as war criminals. Riza says in the present, 
Like, if we were going to make things set right, we killed all those innocents out there. So we deserve equal punishment to them. And that is a a incredibly deep topic that, yeah. that like... Anime! Show, well, no, but it shows, like, you know, that, that Mustang seems to be operating, like, altruistically here mm-hmm. in, in so far as, like, no, even yeah. if we restore democracy, we still are guilty, so mm-hmm. it's like... Well, there's part to see if Mustang's ambition gets away of his autocracy. Oh, you know, okay, I'll, I no, will no, yeah, I know. I'll, That's I'll a wait good, on that. No, but, it's yeah. a good topic to debate right now, because, yeah. like, it goes back and forth throughout the series. Um, so Hawkeye says, you need to understand this, Ed, continue on your own mission. May thanks Al, and then she falls for Al now. Like, yeah. Al is like, oh, I wouldn't be like my brother. I'm much more eloquent and a gentleman at that fact. And, and taller. Yeah, and taller. Yeah, and May falls for him now. Interesting to point. Uh, then Envy finds Marco's bloody corpse, the word vengeance on the cell, and the wall and blood. So it seems like Scar killed Marco in a fit of rage, but... That might not be the case, Dan. Okay. All right. Well, we missed three. This is a page-long, three-episode-wide tangent that we have to go on. Okay. So if you have well, any questions, feel free to interrupt me at this point. Well, we missed three. Envy con- uh, reacts to Marco's bloody message and surmises that it must have been Scar. Hawkeye says she will get in contact with Ed if anything comes up. Tell Mustang Scar is back. Ed shares the Ishavalan stories with Al... And their hopes in getting their bodies back. They need help in learning alchemy, so they set out to find May, who had you know that power already at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, Breda, one of Mustang's men, has uh, uh, heads the West conversation with Jane, uh, Jean, uh, Fury, South. Uh, so okay, um, Breda's in the West. Jean is also there, but he's wheelchair bound since he got his spine snapped by lust a few mm-hmm. episodes ago. Uh, Fury is in the south, Fallman is in the north, so all of Mustang's men's have been split to the winds. Uh, just really quick, mm. uh, just to, for my own uh, terrible memory purposes, yes. why is May heading north again? May is with Marco at this point, we don't know. Like, she's still in Central, it's just she's advised by Scar to, like, head that way. Okay. Like, it's very, like, piecemeal. They so, give it to us. between those episodes where Wrath almost stabs her... Oh, she... we're, get, we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. Like, it's in the details of this episode. Oh, okay. okay. Synopsis. So, uh, Hawkeye stops in and says her goodbyes. Mustang is using Chess's analogy to deliver a secret message in chess pieces since they can't directly talk with one another. She visits John on, like, his hospital bed, incapacitated, and Mustang's behind a curtain. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, we're not seen talking directly to one another because he knows that... Um, the Fuhrer has her in her clutches, yeah. his clutches. Um, so not done yet. Mustang picks up the boys. Hawkeye told me all about what happened. We will meet again, says Mustang. Mustang meets with his, uh, associate Madam Christmas in a cover-up. Uh, outside, he delivers a call to General Grumman. Uh, Fu returns from the east, angry and saddened by Lan Fon's loss. This was the older man who was serving as Ling's counterpart in like that trifecta mm-hmm. when they were fighting a few episodes ago. Uh, Denny for- deny further help from the brothers. They have already done enough to help them. They both advise to, or like surmise to return to Jing. Lan Fon will return as well. Dr. Knox is trying to forget his war crimes. He feels like a human again. And the family visits. So Dr. Knox gets like his, the other doctor that isn't Marco that treated um, Lan Fon with the arm in the Mm -hmm. previous episode is like, oh, my family's visiting me again. 
maybe I can, like, find my humanity once more. Kimberly is in prison, swallowed his Philosopher's Stone. As we saw in episode one, he's been waiting there the entire time to break out once more. Um, he had to commit treason to keep it. He is suddenly released, avoiding his death sentence. And he is clearly evil and could have broken out at any time. But right. the Fuhrer King Bradley is like, I let him go at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Envy and the homunculi broke him out just to hunt down Marco and Scar. Marco's body was a fake, so Kimberly, your job is to detain Scar and Marco at this point. Get them back. After Marco is found, wipe out the town. Uh, Envy. So the, the town that was uh, Marco's chip, you know, mm-hmm. like... We'll wipe out this town unless you serve us. After you find him, wipe him out. Mm-hmm. Wipe the town out. Okay. Um, Envy gifts Kimberly a new Philosopher's Stone, so now he has two. Scar disfigures Marco's face as he joins their band, including Yoki and May. They are to head north where Scar hid his brother's research notes. So that's the point where it's like, May, go north. Mm-hmm. Um, brothers are still looking for May and Zhao May. May, on her way to catch a train in the north, bumps into an old woman who looks an awful lot like someone we know in drag. Uh, Scar and Marco flee in the sewers. The news gets to Kimberly. West, but it's a trail. So, like, it's like they're heading west, but they're not really heading west at this point. Kimberly passes the same old lady suspicious. The woman meets with Mustang at Hughes's grave. It turns out that this woman is Grumman in disguise. So, like, that old general with the mustache, who is Mustang's teacher, mm-hmm. is in disguise and drag. Okay. And trying to get a secret message to Mustang at this point. Okay, good intrigue. Yeah. Uh, Grumman hasn't been corrupted like the other higher-ups we've seen by the Fuhrer's, like, immortality plan. And Grumman really wants to be the Fuhrer, so he'll go along with Mustang if Mm -hmm. that's the case. Um, Grumman was offered to deal with Immortal Soldiers, but it was nonsense, and he was demoted. Mustang trying to get Grumman to help, like Mines, think alike. Ed trying to learn anything about Alchistry from books... Armstrong surprises Ed in the library. May is heading north with a letter of introduction to see her. Um, in quotes her, his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, an officer nicknamed the Northern Wall of Briggs. Uh, Major General Armstrong. Scar still running west with a cloaked character. They literally hop on a train to West City. Al also researching in the library. And Salim Bradley recognizes him. Salim is starstruck by both brothers. The Fuhrer's son... Um, is just there being like, I want to be an alchemist just like the both of you. Mm-hmm. Maybe someday. Uh, they meet with Salim and his mother. Uh, he too wants to be an alchemist. Bradley Rath slash apparently wants a fam- wants to be a family man. So we see like Rath posing as a father and loving husband at this point. Mm-hmm. And the brothers question what's going on here. He seems more human than he needs to be as a homunculus. Interesting. Okay. So we'll get another layer to Rath's character line. I know you love him, so we're going to get more details on mm-hmm. him as well. Uh, non-homunculus of him, Bradley stomps in, keeping up appearances. Are you wondering why he doesn't look like us? Awkward question. Yet again, we're revealed the fact that Salim is an adopted son of the Fuhrer. Not born of the Fuhrer, but adopted. Okay. Yeah, so like the little boy that's like, gee, I want to be an alchemist. Like, No, yeah, 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 I know. I remember that reveal yeah. from the... Yeah, but here it's told to the brothers. Uh, Threats at the brothers' family. Like, if you threaten my family, I'll kill yours as well. Uh, They have no idea what Bradley really is, and the brothers rush north, Scar evading Kimberly along the way. Kimberly pieces together both are heading north as well. Kimberly pinpoints where Scar and company jumped from the train as an old logging road. 
As a talented alchemist, Scar transmuted a river and a mountain to hide their root. <laughs> but Kimberly is on to them and follows. Ed and Al react to the abundance of snow in the north as they arrive there. Some time to kill before getting to Briggs. Scar and the man also heading to Briggs. Uh, Kimberly giving them a false start. There's an intense train fight between Kimberly and Scar, which is kind of epic and isn't in the manga at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I was really questioning on cutting, but I had to. Not Marco with Scar, but Yogi in disguise. As a ploy, Kimberly remembers killing Scar's brother. Kimberly is then impaled by Scar, but with the use of his Philosopher's Stone, he separates the train cars and escapes. Kimberly is still going to Briggs, May and Marco taking a different route north to find Scar's Scar's brother's buried research. Okay, so Scar buried the research. Scar's brother buried the research in the north. Okay. So, like, in case it ever needed to be found. In Rush Valley, Winry knows the Elrics are in the north. She's concerned about their automail because she knows that they don't react to the north. Lost in a stone storm, a snowstorm, a big military officer with a clamp chainsaw nicknamed the Crocodile. Automail arm attempts to apprehend the brothers. Ed's arm is not acting as it should be in the cold. Ed tries to destroy the man's automail arm, but his alchemy doesn't work on it. He uses Ed Al's head instead. The boys are surrounded by the Briggs Mountain Guard and introduced to General Olivier Mira Armstrong, <laughs> Armstrong's older sister, who rules over Fort Briggs slash this giant wall. Excellent set piece. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't trust them fully. Uh, she doesn't read Alex's letter of introduction and wants to judge the brothers for herself. Only the strong survive up here. Marco and May find the notes buried in an abandoned shack. Okay. Whew, so that was a lot skipped, mm-hmm. but uh, we had to get there. So episode 34, Ice Queen. The brothers are being treated in the infirmary of Fort Briggs. Uh, they learned that exposure would have given Ed Frostbright, even with his uh, automel arm. Well, yeah, because metal gets colder, yeah. and then it would instantly freeze the skin around it. So yeah. it, it's good. It's good little, well, not realism, but like, yeah, that's how it would go. So. Yeah. Uh, Captain Buccaneer's arm is made of an alloy that resists the cold. Ed, being an estate alchemist, makes him on par with being a major. And they recommend that they send for Winry as she is a trained auto male mechanic. There's more hoofing it all over the place for Winry. Um, General Armstrong comes to speak with the brothers. Al worries about his hair. So this is the first episode that Al's little, like, poof on his head is is shortened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So he gets a little bit of a redesign from these episodes forward. Uh, She wonders about Alex. Not the best relationship between the two, brother and sister. They have very different personalities, whereas Alex is very kind and, you know, emotional. Olivier is A soft boy, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, she wonders why Al's armor is hollow, and she suggests that we will keep your secrets here, but their brothers are worried that Winry is a hostage and Wrath forbade them from sp- talking about anything that's going on, so they don't really reveal that information at that point yet. Uh, they're looking for May. General Armstrong doesn't want the two brothers there. Too much danger, but her interest in Alcastry is her main priority. She wants to use Alcastry as a weapon to further defend the country, as that is her main job, and we see that... Uh, the soldiers at Briggs are a bit more different than the central soldiers. They are more tight-knit. They fight. They're, like, on a separate playing field mm-hmm. than the regular um, Amestrian soldiers. Which makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she will find May as the brothers work for their keep here at Fort Briggs. Life isn't easy. They're still hiding from something. So she talks with, like, her co-captain, Miles, 
Like, they're still hiding something mm-hmm. from us in the long run of things. Another quiet man, Major Miles, as I said, is Ishvalin, multicultural. Uh, he has a vendetta against Amestrians as well. Both of them are at odds, but they find common ground. Miles is used to being viewed with, or used to be viewing with guilt and pity, since he is Ishvalin. Yeah. He's made it past, like, the Amestrian purge of that um and rose the ranks because like in similar to terms of real world racism his his blood percentage like didn't qualify him to be purged so Mm -hmm. it was like oh yeah they i didn't qualify for execution so they let me live yeah very good because like like you know he's pissed in his own kind of cold way ed and al like ed kind of responds like Listen, like, like Anishvalin tried to, you know, yeah, killed uh, my uh, friend's mother and father, and then I've he's been trying to kill me for a week. And then I teamed up with him, so it's complicated. I'm not going to try to give you any bullshit. And then he's like, yeah, okay, like you didn't give me the default like pity response, so I like you. Mm-hmm. Very good scene. Miles suggests that they should all be treated equally. Miles was posted here since the war began. Was deemed Amestrian enough to avoid the purge. General Armstrong chose Miles for a reason. Here at Briggs, every soldier must be one, no luxury of discrimination. So she says, shut up and follow me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel a grudge against the military, fight me one-on-one. But Miles was too scared. Yes. <laughs> because General Olivier Armstrong is very tough. Uh, it is the survival of the fittest here in the north. Only thing that matters is power. Uh, here, scrape these icicles since you're starting from the bottom of the rung. And he says like, oh, and you dodged that icicle, so only the fittest survive up here in the first place anyway. Yeah, your luck was high enough to, to yeah. avoid that. The boys find one of Mustang's men, Fallman here, has been promoted, uh, but they've taken him off the career track. There's a joke, as he is also scraping icicles like they are, mm-hmm. who just emerged here. Uh, they visit the weapon assembly slash development room. What's happening here? Development. Yes. <laughs> That's what's happening. Uh, where Briggs develops tools for the Amestrian army for combat. In the lowest level of the Fort Briggs, they are shown a room where workers use steam power to power the entire fort. Good. Yeah. yeah. yeah anything that's steam powered is good to damn. The pipes, everything. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> uh, but they hear the sound of something digging through the rock underneath. It is revealed to be a giant homunculus who has appeared in a sloth. He has been teasing us for past episodes, but now he's here in his full form. Mm-hmm. Full suspender himbo glory. Yeah, I mean, maybe he would be me because I, again, as you pointed out, our ouch joke comes yeah. full circle. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. ouch. And here I thought you were referencing him the whole time. No, that no? was, that was, uh, if anything, I was referencing the Alaskan bullworm, but. <laughs> well, now you know the anime equivalent, I guess. Yeah, it's all equivalent exchange. So General yeah. Armstrong learns that Kimberly is here requesting the North's help. She doesn't like the sound of this. And at that same time, she gets an intruder alert. Do they know we are here to find a way to fight them? Sloth falls asleep for a second. Sloth doesn't care about the brothers, only instructed to dig a hole. He doesn't know about them yet. Buccaneer and the brothers are drachma spies. Well, according to Buccaneer, the brothers are drachma spies. Mm-hmm. Um, Sloth chunks uh, or chucks a pipe and lumbers on in. And he heads on up to development. General- well, yeah, accidentally using the el- the elevator. Yeah. Oops. What is this? <laughs> yeah. General Armstrong bazooka sloth to no effect. And she asks about her new tanks that development were developing. Armstrong hops aboard and fires a shell at sloth who goes, ouch. That and, hurt. And obviously, because he's a homunculus, he just regenerates. Yeah. yeah. Minimal effect. Pain is annoying. Sloth is just shrugging it off. Ed and Al know far more. Armstrong demands to know... 
exactly what they know, uh, but they can't answer some of the questions. Uh, she says, fine, help me get rid of him, tell me where this beast's weakness is, and then talk to me later. Mm-hmm. Because my men are in danger at this point. Uh, we can only delay him, not kill him. That is the Briggs way! Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. <laughs> yep. And in our final episode, The Shape of This Country, Buccaneer asks Ed, Allen Fallman for support with General Armstrong's plan. By telling Buccaneer that Fallman is a close friend, Edward helps Fallman get his career back on track. From this episode on, Fallman is never seen on icicle duty again and is almost always seen accompany Buccaneer and ultimately assumes command for when he is no longer able to lead. Okay, so that's Buccaneer, a good detail. I mean, yeah. Fallman goes on like an up and up yeah. at this point. Just interesting to know. Uh, they're forced to help under duress, according to Buccaneer and uh, Olivier herself. And I just I, I don't I don't know where he is in the episode, but mm-hmm. I like the little attention to detail over things like Olivier is like um General Armstrong, I mean, is is like and by the way, like turn the emergency siren yes. off because if if Drachma's spies knows, are listening, yeah. they don't want us to see us Sissy panicking. Week, yeah. So I I most Siri if you like they would forget about things like yeah. that, but it's like this is like a tactical person mm-hmm. who oh, is Olivia thinking over is everything. My favorite character. Yeah. So, so. this is this is all quality in my yeah. book, so. So, Armstrong and the tank shove Sloth into the elevator. Buccaneer tosses Sloth and the rest douse him in fuel. Suddenly, Armstrong has ridden the tank up in the elevator, yeah. which shouldn't fit. But it's a very, like, iconic scene where the barrel points out of the elevator doors. Yeah. Firing at Sloth. This reminds me of that that uh, that classic gif where the uh, the kid gets shoved and then they put a garbage can over him and then he gets yeah. drop kicked into the pool. It's yeah. like that, but they're doing it with sloth. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, that fuel will freeze him instantly. It does so. Sloth goes, "What a pain!" and freezes. And of course, Olivier's like, "Well, you could wait there till spring, monster, till mm-hmm. you thaw." But he's not dead. Uh, no, he's I know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't assume. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, they helped defend the fort, but this was all the brothers could do. So when they are imprisoned after that, they are shown some kindness from the Briggs men. Yeah. The next day. They have good camaraderie. They're like, you saved our brother in arms. Like, so, you know, we consider you family by default. So, you know, just. Yeah. So it's like, there's a lot less politics and a lot more closeness up here, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, a party was sent down to investigate Sloth's massive hole. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kimberly is also in the infirmities, infirmary, uh, not at the Briggs fort yet, but like slightly south. The Swiss Alps, yeah. yeah the, the Swiss yeah. Alps. And he's speaking with General Miles and very strange, uh, acting very strange. And Miles reveals like, you know, I'm Ishvalan. You're talking about this Ishvalan. Maybe you should like count your words before you speak. Yeah. Because Kimberly's like, I, you know, stay out of it. I'm going to hunt yeah. Scar down. Don't do anything. But Miles says that Fort Briggs operates a bit differently than what you ex- might expect. We're after him as well. Mm-hmm. So we might go over your head. Uh, behave yourself. Then General Raven comes in, a.k.a. the corrupted general that delivered the Jenny Sachs mm-hmm. <laughs> joke <Yeah. laughs> from the previous episode with Mustang in command comes up north to, to you know, see what's going on. Uh suggests that there's still work to do Kimberly brought a doctor along real sketchy so Kimberly brings along this doctor with the gold tooth Raven brings along the Raven sorry but remember him because as watching later episodes he does come up and we have seen him once before do you remember when I do not he was in charge of the fake Fuhrer program 
Oh, so, shit. So, like, raising them. This okay. gold-toothed doctor, he gave the same animated grin. Okay, yeah, okay. So, more important than meets the eye, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood definitely drags along these characters mm-hmm. from early on in the series. But real sketchy, nonetheless. Remember him in seven weeks' time. We okay. will get to him. Okay. Um, May and Marco read the alchemy notes, and May gives a primer on how Alchistry uses the chi of the land. It's different from the alchemy here. May has noticed that it doesn't feel right. The energy feels like a crowd of people squirming around below yeah. her. And I like the, I like like the implications and and the the cultural differences. Like they call the energy that they use like the dragon pulse yes. like you can follow energy from one like point a to point b using the earth yeah and like even on the human body like if you hit someone's like like a, a nerve point somewhere it'll might it'll cause pain in their neck mm-hmm. or if you and she keeps doing that to marco so yeah. and he's like okay so it's like energy goes from point a to point b how do you map it out and he's mm-hmm. like no 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 here we just we as far as we know we use the energy from volcanic activity and tectonic plate movement yes. and she's like eh, i yeah. don't I don't know about that yeah uh so the examination of sloth's hole is huge <laughs> <laughs> uh no one else is down there but it seems to go on without end armstrong brings the brothers and fallman down on horseback and we hear tales of the brother's teacher izumi surviving for a month in briggs this isn't brought up till later but it's interesting to note that they're like oh remember izumi mm-hmm. she'll be important mm-hmm. there's a reason why we shouldn't introduce her in the first place yeah she survived alone here in the north for a month okay without any help um she stole food to survive um Armstrong reveals that she brought both of them down there to disclose everything in private without anyone overhearing them. Uh, she doesn't want to do- them, the brothers to lie, even though they are protecting people. Then Ed says, we need your help, General. The brothers tell all. Armstrong cares about everyone but Mustang. So, like, she gets the whole deets on, like, the Fuhrer's homunculus. There's this bigger scheme going on that's controlled by the government. She goes, I do like Mustang's men, like Hawkeye and Jean, she mentioned specifically. Mm -hmm. But Mustang, I couldn't give a damn about. I don't care about him in the least. Um, Because he's a rival. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what do you make of this tunnel, brothers? They deduce that this is one big circle using a map and major bloodshed events over the course of history. This checks out. They begin, like, cross-referencing a map that they have in front of us and suggest that this has been going on for a hundred years. Since the founding, literally. Yeah. yeah. And the brothers learn that there was an uprising in Lior after they left creating bloodshed, and they see that all these bloodshed events have connected to form a giant transmutation circle. Bum, bum, bum. That's yeah, yeah. one of the big reveals of the series, Dad. Well, no. Excellent. I asked, did you know what was going on? Excellent no? reveal. Yeah. 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 Uh, but they intend to make a giant Philosopher's Stone so large it would kill everyone in this countrywide um, um, transmutation circle. Well, and then Marco reiterates that, like, okay, you're going to make a gigantic Philosopher's Stone then? And yeah. he's like, Envy was previously not like, exactly. you're close, yeah. but not really. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Marco is also like, it doesn't matter what they're doing it for. It's very dangerous. We have to stop them. Yeah, don't mess with a Philosopher's Stone, yeah. eh? Like, no matter what you Even want. Even though you so. seek immortality for your emperor. Um, so it is revealed that it has dated back to 1558 in this country's timeline. The military is behind it all. General Hughes discovered the secret and was killed. Uh, General Raven arrives to speak with General Armstrong, Olivier Armstrong, and Ad, Ed asks if Armstrong can con some info out of Raven for them. Raven is brought before Kimbley, or Raven brought Kimbley along. 
Armstrong and Raven speak as she explains the monster attack and that she is just a woman looking for a little bit more in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, surely you might know something about an immortal body, a beautiful body, General yeah. Raven. And then Raven admits that, like, you know, maybe if you wait a little bit longer, that won't be so much an impossibility. And mm-hmm. Raven takes the bait as this whole conversation is being recorded. Yeah, promises an army of immortal soldiers. So. Yep. Uh, Armstrong plays it up, but I'm just a woman, and tries to get the offer of immort- immortality as Raven takes the bait as our four episodes end this a lot of intrigue. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I, I I am thoroughly invested. I want to see what happens next. Uh, I I love it. I love the I love the complexity. Mm-hmm. I love the intrigue. I love that these characters, uh, in terms of the writing, they think of things that like you know, like the like the villains like between how Wrath behaves and how the others behave, like they're all on this other playing field that yeah. that you know we don't understand yet mm-hmm. or I don't understand yet. And it's it's perfect, perfectly yeah. done. Yeah, I agree. I think there's more to come. Like I said, I'm sorry I had to skip all those episodes ah, and leave ah. you in the dark for a change. Mea culpa, audience, as ah. you put it with my recapitation of that. But <laughs> here we are, and there's more to come. Dan. Yes, yes, yeah. So uh, with that, uh, is there anywhere that our audience can find us on social media before we sign off today? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at King underscore Danis, as well as our adjacent Anime Was Not a Mistake podcast Instagram account, and the Facebook page of the same name. Yes, and you can find me, Jonathan Wojkowski, at LosingMyMindJK on Instagram and Twitter. No, no, Instagram and my other podcast. Eh. <laughs> Drink and Read, JK, yes. <laughs> Drink and Read, JK, yes, on the, the Twitter. Sorry, there's so many things. To go. I meant to say at the TikTok, there's so many social media forms going on nowadays, I don't even know. But uh, you can feel free to check out my other two podcasts as well, being Nightcaps in the Theater, where me and a couple friends get a little drizzy drunk and watch some classic movies. Maybe coming back, I say, every week. It, it's never an impossibility. Just like Dragon Ball Super, people yeah. are waiting for it to and then get at, announced. <laughs> at this point, um, Drink and Read Season 2 has ended with reading Frank Herbert's Dune, mm-hmm. so feel free to check that out. But yes, uh, as I said before we get into the month of May on this podcast, and we get to a month of movies, Dan, what do we have to look forward to next time? Uh, well, uh, a few things that occurred to me during this episode. Uh, again, so far... Full Metal Alchemist and Demon Slayer have worked out really well as parallels to mm-hmm. each other. Um, some in big ways, big big thematic ways, and other ways, uh, kind of you know, little moments. Uh, this you know, today's batch of episodes opened with someone uh, talking about how they didn't want their flame based art to be mm-hmm. besmirched. Yeah, uh, that will be a element that comes into play in. Probably not the next batch of Demon Slayer episodes, but, but the, the one next, after next. that. Yeah. Um, there will also be a, a shifty, mysterious flame art that might not be a conventional form of combat, but uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, it's very much a unique thing, and, and how it's been passed on from generation to generation. Um, but, uh, as I teased many times last time, there's going to be some spiders showing up. Oh, spooky uh, spiders? You know, there, there is uh, going to be a, a mountain that is beset by uh, a strange group of murderous demons who seem to model themselves off of family units. Mm. Uh, there's going to be a lot of tropes at play. There's going to be a lot of uh, kind of expectations that get zigzagged based on how that family is set up. 
Uh, you know, so we're gonna we're gonna put our arachnophobia to the test here, and uh, we're gonna see if uh, family or or uh, something. I'm messing it up, but something something. Uh, whether it's uh, blood is thicker than water. There we go. There we go. Why is uh, it always follow the spiders and never follow the butterflies? There. Oh, there will be a butterfly too. Mm-hmm. And I believe she'll be your favorite character. Well, so, I mean, that, yeah. that much is obvious, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, just you wait, but uh, like Queen Elizabeth, she'll be coming out of her cocoon next week. So. Mm-hmm. Butterfly in a cocoon, eh? <laughs> Here at Anime Was Not a Mistake, we have one mission. Whether you be a magical girl, a giant fighting robot, a raccoon, or just a fan of podcasts in general, we hope to one day arrive at a definitive answer to the following question. Is anime a mistake? While we obviously don't think so, there's no harm in expanding our weave horizons now, is there? As of late, our humble little show is devoted to the analysis and discussion of movies, series, and episodes that show off that powerful art that is animation. However, none of this would be possible without listeners like you. If you like what you hear on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more, then why not support us on Instagram at Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast, or on Facebook at Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod. We promise to go happies on the sake with you. Join us, won't you? This time and the next. And with that, Dan and I leave you with a to be continued as the chill anime beats play. Sayonara. Lost.